WHBC. Welcome to My Hometown, the program that explores clubs, organizations, businesses, and issues across Nassau and Suffolk counties and sheds light on the different towns that are making a difference. A great day to you and welcome to another edition of My Hometown. I'm your host, Bill Horan, along with Nassau Community College student, Zach Turkel. Our special guest today is Jerry Mintz, Director of the Alternative Education Resource Organization in Nassau County. Jerry Mintz has been a leading voice in alternative school movement for over 30 years. In addition to his 17 years as a public and independent alternative school principal and teacher, he has also helped found more than 50 public and private alternative schools and organizations. He has lectured and consulted in more than 25 countries around the world. In 1989, he founded the Alternative Education Resource Organization and since then has served as its director. Jerry was the first executive director of the National Coalition of Alternative Community Schools and was a founding member of the International Democratic Education Conference. Jerry, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, and I'm glad to be here, Bill. Jerry, can you tell us what is Alternative Education Resource Organization, or as I see it on your shirt, Aero? <laughs> yeah, well, we're not an, air, uh, a, an aircraft organization. <laughs> um, we... Um, are the main networker for educational alternatives around the world. So, for example, if you Googled alternative education, Arrow would come out on the first page of the unpaid ones, you know. And what we, what we mean by alternative education, we believe in learner-centered education, meaning that education should be built on the interest of the learner rather than a top-down forced curriculum. So that is a very, very big difference in paradigm for education. But it's one I think that is absolutely crucial in today's world. Uh, now, in this millennium, you cannot have a situation in which people believe that they know everything that a student is going to need to know in their life. They don't know anything. Things change at lightning speed, and they're only going to be changing faster. So what really what we need is lifelong learners. We need people who are entrepreneurial. We need people who are in a situation educationally which is building on their interest. And so that is what we mean by alternative education. And when you say learner, as you and I had talked before the show, you're talking about it could be a fourth grader, it could be a junior high student, high school, college, Anywhere along there. Everything from elementary or even preschool through college. Uh, it's, it's an approach. It's an, it's an educational approach. And so it goes all the way through. And, uh, and we have people in our network at all those levels. And that could even include, again, as you explained to me, homeschooling. Oh, it does include homeschooling. So Basically, what it includes, and, and we have a membership, about maybe 600 member schools and organizations, and what they have in common is that they are learner-centered, uh, and, and that's what we, we are trying to promote. So, so this includes everything from homeschooling through Montessori schools, uh, democratic schools, a char some charter schools, not all. <laughs> um, some magnet schools, not all. And it also includes uh, Waldorf and uh, some Quaker schools. 
So in other words, any school that is learner-centered, that really kind of honors the right to, of students to make choices about their own education is part of our network. Jerry, I'm sure you answered this before, but I want to hear it again. What is your mission with Arrow? Our mission is to make learner-centered education possible everywhere. It's kind of a ambitious mission for a small <laughs> nonprofit organization. It is. <laughs> but we work on this in various ways. So we have uh, on the internet um, our site so that people can go to our site, educationrevolution.org, and they can actually find alternative schools near them. It's organized by country, by state, uh, and you can actually go to the site and you can look for alternatives near you that have that orientation. So that's one of the things that we do. We also have a, an online course for people who are starting new alternatives. So we've actually helped start more than 100 new alternatives, including some not far from here. For example, Brooklyn Free School uh, is one, and the uh, Agile Learning Center in Manhattan, and Pono also in Manhattan. And, uh, you know, there are others all over the world. I mean, we, we, we also, in our course, our course is starting next uh, week, uh, uh, which is uh, actually going to be uh, the 25th of September, but people could jump in late if they listen to this later or they can talk to us directly. Uh, they're, they're all over the world. So somebody is from Mexico, from Slovenia, and so on, trying to start new alternatives. It's a need that seems to be everywhere. Are there any going to be uh, any alternative schools on Long Island? Because you've only mentioned Brooklyn and Manhattan. Are there any on the island so far? There are alternatives that are, that are on Long Island. Obviously, there's a Waldorf school in Garden City. There are many Montessori schools. There are some charter schools. Uh, there are progressive schools. There are some schools, not as many, relatively speaking, as there might be in other places. And I think this is because uh, people imagine that they have good schools on Long Island. That's why they come here very often. And I think that what we have is what I used to call when I was going to school on Long Island, uh, the best schools of a failed system. In other words, that system is one that assumes that they have the answers, that they can assign you the things, and if you just study them and, you know, swallow them, that you're going to be set. And that system is just not appropriate anymore for this age. Now, to their credit, some of the schools are beginning to be more learner-centered in their approach, obviously, and so it's a mix. But generally speaking, the approach is one that's 150 years out of date. That is, we have a curriculum, you follow. Do you know that the subjects that are taught in public schools almost everywhere, those subjects came from a group, the group of 10, put those together in 1900. So that is how old and out of date this concept is. They, just think how far away the, even the concept of computers was to people in 1900. Oh, definitely for changes. Now, how do you help, Jerry? How do you get in there and help them start these new alternatives? Well, we have, as I said, we have this online course. Sometimes we do it individually with people, you know, as, as consultants. But um, 
we have this online course, which starts out with a group of people that want to start alternatives. And I think being part of a group of people with similar ideas and ambitions is helpful. You can bounce your concepts off of them. So we'll start with introductions and we go to uh, the people talking about their vision. Eventually we get into the legal situations where they are, uh, how to find a building, how to recruit students, how to recruit teachers, all of that kind of stuff. And the pitfalls, because there are serious pitfalls, mistakes you can make in the beginning. I'll give you an example of one. Um, when you create a board, a lot of people think, well, I have to find a board that's going to raise money for us. And that's a mistake. I think what you need to find is a board of trustees, people you can trust that share your vision with you and together you can try to find do fundraising and so on. Because I have seen people found schools and then get thrown out by the board that they selected. <laughs> Jerry, what is learner-centered uh, learner education? Well, it's building on the interest of the learner. Uh, and I'll give you kind of an extreme example of how, what this could mean. Um, but this will give you the idea of it. Uh, Israel is a school, is, is a country that has a lot of alternatives. In fact, they have 30 public alternatives, schools with 500 or, or more kids even. Yeah, I'm not surprised. And <laughs> <laughs> Because I think with, um, no, but go ahead, but I think that Israel, I think is the country that's most likely going to do something like that. Well, you know, educational level of Israel is incredible, but this, this would be playing into it, I think. And so there was a school called the Democratic School of Hadera, started by uh, an amazing educational leader named, by the name of Yaakov Hecht. And so he started the school, oh, probably 20 years ago or more in Israel, and at one point, uh, uh, they brought a kid to him who was just not doing well in school. He was only interested in one thing, and that was windsurfing. <laughs> and so Yaakov said to him, okay, so now your whole curriculum is going to be based on windsurfing. Uh, you're going to find out how to, how to make them. You're going to find out about weather. You're going to find out uh, uh, about, uh, you're going to actually go out and, and, and do windsurfing. Everything will be based on that. So... That's what they did. So, you know, Israel is a small country and it is it, it participates in the Olympics. Uh, they've only had one person win a gold medal from Israel, and that was this boy in windsurfing. Wow, that's a great story. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> um, where do I sign up? Because I didn't get that when Jack I was... needs a lot of help. Yeah, I do need a lot of help. We have to send him only to the best. So <laughs> I want to learn windsurfing, get the waves. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jerry, you, you guys have... I can give you a similar stories to that, unbelievable stories like that. Now, Jerry, you have, your organization has annual conferences. What happens at those? Take us through kind of an overview if we were a drone watching above. Right. Well, we just had actually the fourth one that we've had uh, on Long Island at uh, LIU Post. And people will come literally from all over the world. I think this year we had people from 22 states and 10 countries. And... At the conference, we'll have keynote speakers, usually some incredible people. We'll have workshops that are actually offered by participants. 
And so this year we had something like at least 35 of those workshops. And it goes over a five-day period. And for example, this year we had Jonathan Kosal as one of our keynoters, very famous man who has been an education critic and has talked about how minority kids get destroyed in the system. And he wrote a book, this is one of the first books he wrote when he was actually pretty young, called Death at an Early Age, uh, about this. And uh, so he's, he's really quite well known, one of the best read in education. And so he's, I think, 80 years old now, but he was one of our keynotes. I've been trying to get him for a long time. So he was one of the speakers, but we had somebody else who was an expert in homeschooling. Uh, and uh, Dana Martin, and she was terrific. She did her talk. Then we had somebody from one of the um, from a public alternative school program uh, in Rhode Island, and these schools are quite incredible. They are limited to two hundred students. They are mostly internship. They run democratically. And Dennis Glitke was, again, one of our keynoters speaking about these. Now, he started the first one in Rhode Island. Then, then there were four of them. Now there are about 100 of these schools all over the United States and other countries. This is fantastic. I, I'm really learning so much about it. And anything that we can help Zach, because he's not going to pass math. That is <laughs> so true. Anything that will help him, we're interested in. We want to talk to you about after the show. So we're going to learn more. <laughs> Jerry, at this point in the show, we're going to take a brief break from my hometown on 90.3 WHBC. Our guest today is Jerry Mintz. Jerry is the director of the Alternative Education Resource Organization. We'll be right back after this brief intermission. And now we return to My Hometown. We're back on My Hometown. I'm your host, Bill Horan, along with Nassau Community College student, Zach Turkel. Our guest today is Jerry Mintz, the director of the Alternative Education Resource Organization. Zach, since you're so interested in windsurfing, I know you have another question. Oh, I certainly (laughs) am. Jerry, you mentioned earlier about democratic education, but we never actually found out what the true definition is. What is democratic education? Well, uh, democratic education involves an approach which actually empowers students to make decisions about their own education and their own schools. So in democratic schools, there usually is a democratic meeting in which there's a vote. And those votes, the students would have the same vote as the teachers. And any proposals could be made. And if they're passed, that's what happens. And not only that, but in some of these schools, not all of them, but in many of them, uh, democratic schools, the kids are not forced to go to any classes they're not interested in. So they go to the classes that they're interested in. And again, they're learner-centered based on the interest of the students. So, of course, that would make sense. Uh, it's part of the theory, you see, that if kids are natural learners, then what happens is if you force them to learn things they're not interested in, it tends to extinguish that natural ability to learn. And that's what most schools do because they're always forcing you to do things that you're not interested in. So after a while, you're kind of brain dead. 
and you will follow the orders and do what's expected of you, and you can't wait till school's over, and you can't wait till vacations. I know that the school I had, the kids actually tried to vote out the vacations, and they managed to vote out one summer, one summer, they actually managed to get school to continue on one day a week until the teacher said, forget it, we don't want to come in anymore. <laughs> that was the end of that. But, but this, the, the, we actually had a rule that says you can't stay after school unless you're good. And people actually were fighting to, 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 for their right to stay after school. So, so, so this is the concept of democratic education. And what I mean by that is the kids actually vote on the rules of, of their school. Uh, I can give you an example, a, cu- a couple of really extreme examples of this, because I've gone over the world, uh, all over the world helping people try to apply democratic process to their schools. For example, I had just come from India where, I, where they had me doing a consultation there at huge schools, like 2,500 students, and they wanted me to try to show them how to do democratic process there. And we wound up actually dividing it up into small groups and having each group have its own separate discussions on the issues, vote on them, and then they brought it to a parliament. So that's how we, uh, I think during that consultation, I did 20 meetings that week with subgroups to kind of give people the concept. But then when I got back here, I was asked to go to one of the schools that we helped to start to demonstrate democratic process there, a small school in New Jersey. And as I'm driving over, I'm thinking, oh, wait a second. Hmm, how do I approach this? The oldest kid in that school is five years old. And so I'm on my way over. I'm thinking, wow, I'm going to have to at least give them the agenda or something. How I, I, you know, It's interesting that since I didn't go to this kind of school and so on, that how your past can, tends to make you not necessarily understand or believe about kids being natural learners. But I got there. And I went to New Jersey, and I went in, and oh, you know, it's kind of kids running all over the place, and a, and a, and a, and a two and a half year old saying, "Mommy," and I'm thinking, "Oh boy, oh, well, I don't know what I'm gonna do." And then they put the kids around a table. Uh, again, the oldest is five, and I say to them, "Okay, we're gonna talk about democratic meetings, uh, and at a meeting." There are two main things you want to do. One is if you have an idea of something that's good for the school, and the other is something you think is a problem in the school. Every hand went up. And one four-year-old girl said that she'd heard something about that there's, uh, there's a substance in chocolate, like caffeine, and, and, and maybe kids shouldn't have it afternoon, you know, because... <laughs> Uh, so she thought, and we discussed this and voted on it, and it was decided that you could only have chocolate in the morning. Jerry, so much of this is so interesting, and we only have a brief amount of time. If some of the people listening say, I want to talk to Jerry personally, I want to find out more, give us some contact information where we can get in touch with you. Well, of course, they can go to our website, which is educationrevolution.org. Uh, they can also call us if they're, you know, uh, in the United States. Uh, at uh, they, Our office number is 516-621-2195. And uh, we are in Nassau County in Roslyn, and so you, that you can just call us that way, 516-621-2195. Uh, but, I mean, it's just as easy to go to educationrevolution.org, and uh, you can actually write to me from there at info at educationrevolution.org. Easy enough. And I see on your hat it says 
AERO, I'm guessing, Alternative Education Revolution, I'm sorry, Resource Organization. Right. Uh, if they just Google AERO, will they come up with you? They might. Of course, they might get something aeronautic. But, okay. But if they, if, they, <laughs> if they Google alternative education, they will probably get us. Now, tell us, what are some of the alternatives on Long Island that people have that if they called into you, you'd talk to them about? Well, as I, as I said, you know, you've, you've got Waldorf schools, you've got Montessori schools, and you have some innovative programs such as, you know, the Wheatley School has something that goes back to the early 70s called School Within a School, and it actually is a democratic program. Uh, and um, then there's, uh, there are Quaker schools. For example, uh, there is Westbury Friends, which is uh, very much of a school that is learner-centered in its approach. In fact, on their website, I think they say, they quote, Mont I think it's Montessori, who said, uh, play is the work of children. <laughs> so we might already be seeing these and know of them. We just don't know they come under that heading of alternative. Right, right. And, and so those are the ones that are part of our network, but they can you know, see some of these listed. And um, if they want to contact us, we can help people who are looking for alternatives. Another thing to recognize is that homeschooling is very much in existence on Long Island. There are homeschool groups that meet regularly. You, say, you don't think of homeschooling as you're sitting at the kitchen table every day teaching your kid like playing school. What it really is uh, is when you um, decide to take a learner-centered approach, and very often homeschoolers are going out and they are meeting with groups, they're going to museums, they're going to libraries, uh, they're having play sessions and so on. And these are all, every state, in every state, homeschooling is legal. And I hope people appreciate this because there are some countries in which it's not legal. It's not legal in Germany. You can't homeschool. There's a family that got a political asylum in the United States because the, Germany was going to try to take their kids away because they were homeschooling. And let me just um, clarify for our audience also, if they contact you, you're not saying to somebody, you should be homeschooled or you should go to this school or that. You're like kind of the buffet master. You're putting it all out there for them, and they can pick the desserts, the appetizers, the main course, whatever they want, and you're there to kind of educate them what's available and maybe give them some advice, but you're not, uh, they're not going to any one particular group. Absolutely, absolutely. They, you know, every kid is different. Every kid has different needs. And so we just let people know that they have these choices. Uh, and if not, there's nothing around, we can actually help somebody start something new. But usually there's something. And, of course, anybody can decide to homeschool. There are 2 million people homeschooling in the United States now. And uh, the results of it are incredible. I mean, there's amazing stories like the Colfax family out in California. They were goat farmers. The, their oldest kid uh, got to be 17 years old, decided to go to college, but not just any college. He decided to, he wanted to go to Harvard. Well, Harvard accepted him. He did fine there. And then the next oldest kid wanted to go too. Same thing. Took the test. They, they thought he was great. He was accepted. And people thought, well, maybe it's just genetic, you know, this one family. The third oldest kid wanted to go accepted, did even better than the other two. He was an adopted minority kid. So much for that theory. And so this is an example of the things that are possible. By the way, in terms of college, colleges love homeschoolers. Why? Because they like the fact that these kids are still interested in learning. Very good. Yeah. Uh, Jerry, when does your school starter course start? 
Does it start in September like the regular public schools? It starts uh, in September, but, uh, you know, there are ways we can help anybody at any time who wants to start a new alternative. Uh, especially if there's somebody local, and of course this is a local show, we can actually physically go there. But, you know, we, we and, and help people have a meeting and uh, discuss the possibilities and so on. And sometimes that's all it takes. I mean, I had a couple of meetings with uh, a group of parents uh, in Stroud, England. And now they've, they've established a homeschool resource center that meets several days a week. And it's been very effective. And now it's being copied all over England. Now, Jerry... Uh it just this sounds so it sounds like a lot of work for you how did you get involved in this well i mean i've always been interested in this so for example when i was a young kid uh we used to my family i was in massachusetts my family used to go visit my grandfather uh every week or two and he would sit down with me and he would say okay what do you want to learn and so I, he taught me about things like the ego, the id, and the superego, and agnosticism, and you, you name it, uh, history, science. No windsurfing? No windsurfing <laughs> at that point. It hadn't been invented. But, uh, <laughs> Didn't you say to him, why don't you invent windsurfing? We can get going on that. And so, so um, this to me was an obvious par- paradigm. And then I discovered school didn't really work that way. And so that's really how far back it goes. When I was in high school, I actually organized all my friends into a a group that would meet twice a week and discuss whatever we wanted. And then when I was in college, I did a a thesis based on starting a school. I started a school which is still going 50 years later. And and so this is how I've done uh, done this. You're that guy that doesn't take the easy path. Ah, well, you know, I've always followed the things that I, I like what I'm doing and I still like what I'm doing. Can't and so it. it's not work. It's, it's pleasure. It's fun. And yeah. You're enjoying it. Jerry, thank you so much. And we'd like to make sure our audience knows that we thank Jerry Mintz, the director of Alternative Education Resource Organization. For further information, you can contact Jerry at jerryarrow at AOL.com or you can call him at 516-621-621. 2195, and their webpage is educationrevolution.org. I'm Bill Horan, your host, along with Nassau Community College student Zach Turkel on My Hometown. We thank you for listening.